We want to capture as much data as possible, but birthdays is a great one. I mean, you look on your birthday, all you want is a happy birthday message off people and you've got money. Most people have money on their birthday or are gifted money. They have more disposable income. Oh, here's a happy birthday from Costa Coffee. Have a free coffee. Oh man, do you want to come to Costa with me? She doesn't get a free coffee. Now they've got two customers and I feel loved on my birthday. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today we're talking about mastering the art of customer persuasion. Marv, your second time on the podcast. Yes. How many years ago was it? Two. So hopefully I have a lot more to bring this time. Yeah, you're probably a bit less worried about it this time. Yeah. You've been here about three days last time. Yeah, maybe not even. I think it was a bank holiday, so. Oh yeah, well, okay. So uh, what are we talking about? We are talking about mastering the art of customer persuasion. And what the fucking hell is that? That is using what people want or need to make them buy. Cool. Yeah. So that is that is certainly the big area of it. But essentially, uh, at Codebreak anyway, with our values, it's about making somebody interested. So make, you know, almost fear of missing out. I'd like to be involved in that. But because they actually do need it, we don't take on clients that don't need what we do. We don't take money off people who we can't help. And then the ultimate game, you know, cards on the table, is to get them to become brand advocates. So the the cheapest lead for us is someone, is a referral from someone else. So that's, that's ultimate customer persuasion, that you sell some... You sell something to someone, and it's such a good experience that then they sell it for you. And uh, we, you know, we've got a few clients that are that good. But I guess the psychology behind the decision making on this, and this is something like Marth works closely with with our clients on done for you marketing. And the psychology behind this is is noticing the behavioural triggers. So, for example, and Marth, you'll know more than me on this, but if somebody sees an ad and then visits a website to make a purchasing decision but doesn't make the purchasing decision there and then, they're actually now your best prospect because you could retarget. Yeah, yeah. And that is something we do look at when a lot of our clients come on board is people who have hit the website, but why haven't they done what we want them to do? And that could be... A, a mirage of things from a mirage a mirage i know i've never said that before. i don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on can you, can you start talking like martha again um <laughs> um from something didn't resonate with them on the website maybe something scared them off maybe they just couldn't find what they wanted to buy yeah the, the, yeah that i mean that's the one we've come across enough is you're not actually asking them or telling them what you want them to do enough on the website so a landing page some someone asked me yesterday. I think it was Annie on the live Q and A. What like what's the killer thing for a landing page? It's like well, open it on a mobile and check for all the times that you could be at a point on that landing page where it's not telling you what to do. There's no call to action in view, and so many e-commerce brands and landing page signups forget to tell people what they actually want them to do. And then on the other side of that, it's confusing people and asking them to do too much. Yeah. Do you want this one, this one, this one, this one, this one? I get this. Like, um, I'm doing some weird charity walking shit at the moment. Um, Do you tell more? 
Okay, so <laughs> it's called it's called Joel's Million Miles Against Misery, and I'm raising money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Uh, they're a charity that stands up against suicide. So I've got to do a million meters. Uh, I think I said miles a second ago. I meant meters. I've got to do a million meters before 2024, which means I've got to average 7.2 kilometers walking, running, rowing, or swimming before the turn of the year. Now, there's loads of people capable of doing that. I'm not, you know, it's not what I'm saying. However, it's a challenge for me anyway. Plus, it's all right saying you're capable of it when it's August. See how you feel about that in November when you've still got to average, you know, just over 7K a day when it's pissing with rain and like a gale and... And you've been really busy all day. Yeah, I mean, that's like so. I got behind yesterday because I've got sore feet. Where is me? <laughs> and uh, so I knew I had to do eleven k today. And it's nice weather at the moment. Eleven k this morning, waking up at quarter to six and just going straight out on the road was fucking brutal. I was like, why am I? Why am I doing this to How myself? How long did that take? Eleven k. Um, about an hour and fifty. At a pace, like I'm stomping. Yeah. Um, but it's anyway, a lot of time to find in the day. It, it is, but like, I'm so on a selfish level, and if anyone else is like struggling, like you know, to be vulnerable, like I struggle to exercise because I'm busy, and so I sometimes put myself last on my own list. And so, as well as raising money for a great cause and highlighting a cause and being able to talk about something that maybe historically I haven't really liked talking about. Um, I'm looking after myself at the same time. But I love listening to podcasts. So this morning, for the first hour, I listened to um, the Motiversity Motivation Daily podcast, which is just like normally like really powerful speeches with some like epic music behind them. And then for the last 50 minutes, I stick on some like really upbeat music just to get me through. Yeah, nice. And it's a bit of a game changer. And, you know, the buzz off the back of that. So I get home and, you know, shower change. The buzz off the back of that lasts the whole day and you do sleep better. So, like, you know, the science is unquestionable. Anyway, my point being... <laughs> where were we? I'm in this place right now where I'm starting to realise that a lot of my scruffy clothes, the ones I would take the dog for a walk in, aren't suitable for walking 10K. They're just not. Yeah. Like, you'll chafe, you'll sweat, whatever. So start scrolling through various things and you sort of, you know, you go from like Trespass and Mountain Warehouse all the way through to like Crag Hopper and Jack Wolfskin and everything in between. It's all too fucking confusing. And these are like really established brands. I'm like, right, I know what size I am with that brand. And, and they have like those, like, I don't know if you've seen on websites now, there's like a ruler that you can click to check your size and see if your size is actually your size in their brand. Yeah. So, right, okay, I'm an extra large with that brand. Go on to the next website, check their extra large. Oh, I'm a triple XL with that brand. Go on to the next one. Oh, I'm a large with that So that's all. I'm already confused. Then they're like, do you want it in grey, greyer, even greyer or black? And I'm just like, I just want a walk-in T-shirt. Like, just sell me a T-shirt. <laughs> so. And the other thing on that, I was going to say, actually, the biggest thing that stops me buying something is when I click on a carousel ad for a specific pair of shoes, a specific top, a specific sofa, and I click on it, and it takes me How many to sofas the... have you bought? <laughs> None so far. <laughs> and it takes me to the homepage, and I'm like, but I want that, oh. one, that one you're advertising. And even worse than that, even worse than that, I mean, taking people to the homepage for a marketer is like a nightmare. But I get served trainer ads all the time. I click them, 
and and it's a trick. So it's either taking you to another pair that isn't the pair you clicked, or it's taking you to a child size because that's how they can show the price as being so good. Oh, those Air Force Ones, 50 quid. That's too good to be true. Click. It was too good to be true. And then they retarget you, bastards. <laughs> With the real price. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm like, I still want them, you shit. But yeah, um, that kind of initial thing of like, what's people's first impression of you? Was it easy? And very often people don't, it's particularly in e-commerce, people don't buy from you if it's not easy to buy from you. No. And you have that, don't you? That, that like rush of like, I like that, I want to buy it now. And if you have a chance to think about it, it's like, oh no, do I actually need oh, another pair of traders? So that thing, you know, like that impulse buy feeling that everyone has to varying degrees. Some people are better at like ignoring it than others. As a as a business, you need to be ready to capture those people. Yeah, because when that runs out, you get back in front of them for when payday rolls around or yeah, yeah. when, oh, partner, it's my birthday and these trainers have been following me around the internet. Please, can you get them for me? Yeah, and you know, if you've done a good enough job of being on the same router, they should hopefully be following them around the internet too. So and that's my trick at home is like, how, what do you mean you don't know what to get me for Christmas? I've been scanning all these things into our router to make sure that they're being reserved to you. Engagement rings. <laughs> mm. We're already married. And I'll, I'll warn Jason about that. <laughs> so that kind of like building emotional connections with your audience, that like... Yes, they know they need a walking top. They come on your website. For whatever reason, grey, grey or greyer didn't take their fancy. How do you then start to build rapport with that person, given that they maybe they signed up to your newsletter or signed up for a 10% discount? But how do you then build the rapport so that when they've come round to the idea of buying again that they do? Well, you want to, well, there's two parts of this. One of them is sell them what they want, give them what they need, mm. which is you want a top that you can go walking in, but what do you need? Like something that's comfortable, something that's durable, something that's breathable. Do you know you want that? I think from our conversation, you probably do. But the other things that aren't the features of the walking top, what yeah. benefits to the consumer. Yeah, because I, I see like all this shit and, and walking tops is a great example by accident. But it'll be like Gore-Tex 3000 Super Mesh. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. I mean, it sounds quite cool. But will it stop me being too sweaty? If I am sweating, will it get the sweat off me? Does will it wash it, easy? Yeah, does it wash easy and does it keep the mosquitoes off me? And like that, that's the things that people, you know, these big brands because they don't want to tarnish their brand by building too much rapport with the wrong people. They forget to explain what these bloody things mean. And half of me, the skeptic, sits there and goes, it's because they don't mean anything. Yeah, We've invented Gore-Tex 3000 to make your walk 32% easier. How? Yeah. What does it do? So, and then you build up that relationship so maybe you're serving them some emails maybe they're being reserved ads maybe you know nowadays you can retarget people on audio you can retarget people on tv they buy your product what's what should people expect when the product arrives they should expect like and kind of one of our values as well like do what you said you would so it should be and andy says this all the time is that you 
you should get what you expect, but that doesn't always happen. Like you get the wrong I, thing. I, I think it's you should get size. what you expect plus five percent. Yeah, yeah. But even I think like nowadays something turning up on time and the right size and not with a hole in it or somebody else has tried it on with and it's got a makeup stain on, you're like, oh yeah, great. Like so on this. I'm going to throw crag hoppers under the bus here. So I bought two tops, as in two like t-shirts, a hoodie, and I think some oh some some walking boots for Hannah. And um, the delivery on it was like six days. I was like, well, it, nowadays that's quite slow. And then it came, and and one of the tops was in there, and the walking shoes, and not the other two, but the packing slips said all four were in there. But the parcel didn't look tampered with. It had tape over the seal, but like most parcels that come have been taped as well. So I emailed Craghoppers. Oh, got two items, didn't get these two. And uh, when you when you do the email thing on their website, it asks you to upload a picture. So I sent lots of pictures. First reply I got, could you send us a picture, please? I already have. Trevor. Like, I don't think he was called Trevor. <laughs> um, next reply, I've been passed to someone else. Thanks for providing the picture. We're going to send you a document that you have to sign to declare that you didn't receive these items. When we receive that signed document back, then we will refund you on the two items. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks very much. Uh, Happy to sign to say I didn't receive the two items, but please, could you just send me what I wanted? I I don't want a refund. Oh, we can't do that. Our policy is we have to refund if, if it's a non-deliverable. You have to reorder, but the price has gone up now. So once you've reordered, just send us your order form and then we'll give you a discount code so you can get the money back on your next order. How about this, Charlotte? Fuck off. <laughs> like, what is that? Refund the whole thing. Yeah, like, go away. I'm never buying anything from you again. Yeah. That, like That's like the first... Like, I'm... Mr. Keen, hill walker man now. <laughs> I'm potentially your next best customer. I mean, I'm not. Let's, let's be clear. But um, what's that? No, that is terrible. So, sorry, I went off on a tangent there, didn't I? Oh, I like it. Um, Have you not been so- listening to these podcasts? <laughs> they, they, we never stick to the script. You won what you paid for, yes. And, and just to show up, as you expect, yeah. is a massive tick in the box. Um, and then we want to impress, like we want you to buy again. Yep. Right. So, I mean, I thank you for your order. Here is a gift for you. Scratch off or 10% off your next order. Free delivery on your next order. Oh yeah. I really wanted those shoes, but they were a little bit expensive. And now I've got 10% off. Yeah. Or it's your birthday. Happy birthday. It annoys me. It annoys me. Like, this Craghopper's parcel is a perfect example. It was just like a scraggy bag with two items in it and a packing note. I'm like, you're not you're not a budget brand. I mean, you're not ultra premium, but you're not budget. It's, I haven't gone on, like, Vinted, ordered some second-hand walking tops with holes in and expected someone to send it me in, like, an old envelope. Like, I've ordered off the Craghopper's website just make it an experience make it feel nice even if even if it's just like so opposite example actually i ordered um a jumper and a hoodie off through dark um through dark are like a an outdoor brand 
run by ex-military, and so it's all like really tough and durable stuff. Now, I can't wear these things till it gets colder, but they're wicked. When it came, so the tags on the clothes were metal tags, so they're a bit like having dog tags come with your nice. clothes. Metal tags. It's, it felt like I got a souvenir with the clothes. And then there was a little um, postcard with them that explained the values of Through Duck and why they do what they do. And it wasn't, there wasn't a discount included or anything like that, but just because they sort of... Those two little extras, the postcard that explained their values made me sort of think, made me feel better about my purchase. And then the, the dog tag things, I was like, well, these labels are too good to throw away. They're like, they're almost like key rings. It's like, oh, well, keep them there. They're wicked. And maybe on, like, what was that, 120 quid purchase? That's cost them a quid to do. It's like, yeah, nice. I brought, actually, speaking of vintage, a old school One Direction top. And shock. with it came, like, loads of little stickers. And I was like, that is so nice. Like, just some random girl went back on her account. She's not just some random girl. She's got a whole shop of stuff that she's selling. Like, it's her business. And I was like, ah, like, yeah, I probably will buy from you again. That's cool, right? There used to be a printer that we used to use, Cobra used to use. And every time they sent a job, they'd send sweets with the job. And just that little touch. There's like 30p's worth of sweets in the box of a 500 quid print order. Just that little touch makes such a massive difference. Okay. So, we talked about how we're hooking the customer in. We've talked about the little touches you can do once they make their first purchase. In terms of establishing that relationship, so I'm going to jump away from our notes because just look to them and they're nonsense. But... Uh, Establishing that relationship, what should we be doing with that customer then? How do you make that customer still feel part of your tribe? Of your world? Yeah. Um, that, well, I think I mentioned it before, but we want to capture as much data as possible, which mm-hmm. I think you, like, when you're buying, especially on e-commerce, like, you get that anyway when you're posting yeah, things. Yeah. But birthdays is a great one. I mean, you look on your birthday, all you want is a happy birthday message off people and... You've got money. Most people have money on their birthday or are gifted money. They have more disposable income. Oh, here's a happy birthday from Costa Coffee. Have a free coffee. Oh, man, do you want to come to Costa with me? She doesn't get a free coffee. Now they've got two customers and I feel loved on my birthday. Yeah, that's a really easy one as well for like brands that sell something like coffee. So it costs them 20p to do it. And it's like, yeah, essentially you could win yourself another one or two customers. But you don't always have to like give things away to make people feel loved. Yeah, imagine imagine someone you bought off. Like, let's say you bought something for 500 quid, so it's not, it's not a super high-ticket purchase, but it's by no means uh, low cost. And on your birthday, that company rang you and wished you happy birthday. It blow your mind. Or you got a video message. Yeah, yeah. It's just you just be like, bloody hell! Like imagine getting a personalised video message. And with with like the advance of AI now, those companies could do personalised video messages and actually not have to do them. Yeah. Just have a computer churning it out, but it would feel special still. Yeah. Although I've just ruined it for everyone. But <laughs> so yeah, okay. So then 
You're in that phase then, aren't you, where they've made their first purchase with you, so there's been a little bit of trust. And now you've got to build credibility, build trust with, with that person to establish a relationship. What are the kind of things you could do to fuck that up? Fuck up your blossoming relationship? Yeah. Um. Well, one would be sending something to the wrong person. Yeah. I've had so many wrong names. Like, and I'm like, is this, was this meant for me? Like, it feels bit weird <laughs> what like like they've got your name wrong or yeah they've genuinely sent someone else's stuff no like they've got my name wrong like i've received emails with the, the, the wrong name on what like marta or like martin no like jill or jill yeah but actually that is a tactic that sometimes is used in marketing where you wouldn't use the wrong name but you might send out something and then be like oops, oops. yeah here I, I am I, I quite like that one yeah that is a bit cheeky though and can get like you have to be prepared for it I I because we've response. we've done a couple of oops campaigns, but not deliberately. It's where like something's gone a bit awry with software, so then we've gone oops. But they are really effective. So if if you do ever make a mistake with your emails or your email system, send it to everyone. If anyone send it to someone like one group, an oops campaign is actually a really powerful way to rebuild the uh, maybe a relationship that had gone quiet. Yeah, because there's brands that I used to buy off. You have stages, right, in in your like buying cycles. So as a person, so and you'll be the same. I bet when you were seventeen and eighteen, the brands you bought off and you were excited about are not the same brands that you buy off now. Yeah, definitely. I'm like way more on that cost per wear rather than get everything cheap situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd rather buy something cost that per use. I can put in the washing machine and it won't die. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, or like um, I often look at the warranties on things now because it shows how confident or if there's a guarantee, it shows how confident a company is in their product. Like if you get a one year guarantee versus a 10 year guarantee, you can see what you're yeah, so, what so you're like, buying. It's not my style, but I buy a few bits of clothes from Barber because they have a lifetime guarantee. So if they start to go wrong, you just send them back and they fix that. They don't, they don't replace them, they fix them. That's cool. But, yeah. but it's not cheap. Like no. it. So, um, and there's a few brands doing that now. And uh, I quite like that. I quite like that. You know, we're marketers, so consumerism is kind of part of our game. But I quite like that anti-consumerism thing in clothes where it might be a case of, why don't we just build nice, make nicer clothes and better quality clothes, guarantee them, and then it we get away from this like, Wear once and throw away culture. Fast, yeah. Fast yeah, fast fashion. fashion, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that was a bit of a tangent as well. But in terms of like fucking up a relationship that you've already built, mm. um, one would be... You didn't swear when you were first on the podcast. Did I not? No. I mean, you've been here three days. You probably thought you'd get sacked. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I mean, I don't... I Actually, I do swear in front of my own parents, but not in front of my in-laws. But I apparently d- to the world. I swear in front of my in-laws now, but nothing like how much I really swear. <laughs> so, but I don't think, it, like, well, is it a respect thing? They swear. So, I, I don't know. It's I, funny how you, um, like, self, self, like, filter, filter yourself in different environments. Yeah. I used to filter myself a lot with clients, a lot, and now I don't filter at all. 
<laughs> and there's pros and cons to that. But I only, now I only work, seem to work with people who really get it, who yeah. like what I'm about. And I think I prefer it that way. Uh, but I completely appreciate if you're an accountant and someone wants to talk sensibly about the bottom line and you're like, fuck this, fuck that. Did you see that shit last night? Probably not not the best start to a meeting where if I like roll in and there's Metallica playing on the speaker and I'm like, how you doing? Did you see that shit last night? It kind of makes more sense. Yeah. So, right. Which is kind of about building advocacy and, and whatnot because you want to work with people that you actually like. So... What's the difference between a customer and advocate? Well, a customer is somebody who's just getting what they want yeah. and then off they go. An advocate is somebody who will um, recommend your brand to others, um, like live in the values of your brand almost. like. Yeah, that's weird, right? Like I find that strange. And I find myself doing it where you're like, Oh, I really like this brand. I'm going to adhere to their values. Yeah. I want to be a Gymshark athlete. Yeah. We get it with clients. They start to get the vibe of code break and then they're like, I want a piece of this, which means we're doing something good. But I find myself doing it that I'm like, like I'm re- I get really bought into certainly like um, some certain online influencers, business influencers and stuff. I get really bought into what they're about. And then I start to read their values, start to read their books, start to read... And I'm like, shit, I need to live my life like this. <laughs> or just need to live my life. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, I need to start living. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so true, though. I think I, I posted a quote this morning about, um, it, like, basically, if, if you haven't got a vision so big that, that it's scary you're just coasting and and it was a Nelson Mandela quote that would have completely destroyed the quote there but but like yeah I think a lot of people um businesses included are just kind of coasting by I actually spoke to one of our clients today he said this is what I want and I know like it's it's probably not that achievable and I was like whoa like yeah it is but not if you don't think it is like how are you ever going to get there if you don't think that you can actually do it. Yeah. Where, like, I don't know, I couldn't pinpoint how I've got to this place. But I, if I want something, I'm having it. Yeah, and I think you partly do have to live in, like, a delusional state where you're like, yeah, yeah I, I am going to do Everyone that. thinks I'm mental. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I used to really worry about it. And now I try... The people that it the people that it causes anxiety for, I just don't tell them what I intend to do. Because what's the point in, like, worrying them? I just do it and then... But the people who... So there's, like, three types of people. There's people who are like, are you sure? And they want to put their arm around you and make sure you're okay. There's people who think you're deluded and just are worried about it. And then there's the people that would never do it themselves, so they want to drag you down. The fourth type of person is the one that believes you. And just lets you get on with it. Now I'm lucky to be married to the fourth type of person, so so I don't get any aggro at home for my stupidity. Um, I grew up in an environment where most people were anxious, but my mum told me I could do anything I put my mind to. We come across in business loads of people that want to drag us down all the time. You know, put your head above the parapet; people are going to shoot at you. That's just. <laughs> 
how it is, and I can't remember what the other one was. I think it was the ones that think you're deluded. So, um, and yeah, loads of people have thought I'm deluded, and then I've gone and done what I said I was going to do, and they go very quiet when you do that and start picking on something. Oh, yeah, well, of course you managed to do that because so-and-so helped you. And it's so easy to, like... Like, I find sometimes that people are like, oh, but, yeah, that's a great idea, but have you thought about all these things that could go wrong? And yeah. it's like, no, I've got to think about what could go right because I can't live in that, like, what could go wrong. Yeah, I, I used to live in that mindset. I used to live, oh, this could happen and this could happen. So I'd almost try and check off every box before I press go so that I'd covered off every possibility that could go wrong. Where now I'm more like, right, let's press go. Half of this stuff's going to go wrong. Loads of shit's going to happen, but it's going to be a fantastic ride and we're going to get there in the end. And some of the stuff that's happened because of that is mental. Like, it, things have happened that old Joel would not have believed could happen. And that's had such an impact. So I'm bringing it back to the topic. That's had such an impact on our clients because they've seen that happen and now they start to believe it could happen for them. And I feel like a massive sense of responsibility about that because it's no good me going off on some crusade and everyone jumping on the crazy train. That's not what I'm trying to that's not what I'm trying to do. It's not cult. I'm I'm trying to show people what's possible from a from a place of vulnerability. Like look, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this, I'm still gonna do this. Like that the million meters challenge is that. Like people even you guys working here. I'll come in every day limping, and you guys will be like, "He's still going, he's still going," and like you know, you'll have insight into what's going on in my personal life or whatever, and you're like, "He's still going." For me, on a selfish level, that's very fulfilling to to inspire others. Yeah, and that's where the advocacy comes in as a as a business. Oh, we brought it back oh, round. That's right. Nice, <laughs> nice little so, segue. If you can get people to the point where they're like true believers, for want of a better phrase they'll shout about you from the rooftops. And when you get people to that place, it's like ridiculous because for every new client you onboard, let's say it costs you five grand to acquire a client, but then they go and acquire you another 10, you've just cut your cost per acquisition down to like 500 quid roughly. So that is roughly how you take someone from being a prospect to a brand advocate. I was about to say to you, Marth, thinking you were Andy, what do people need to do next? But if you'd like to know more about becoming a brand advocate, visit uh, cobrate.co.uk to find out more about what we do. We've got podcasts. We've got live workshop called Stay Hungry Live. Uh, there's loads of free bits and bobs on the website. You can sign up to our mailing list. We'd love you to become a brand advocate for us. And we'll catch you again. Bye. I was wondering if you're going to say bye then or not. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a thing. you got to say bye.